Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 219 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to open this show with a quote from Mark Twain. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, hey, I hope you're well. Thanks so much for joining me again. I'm currently in the midst of rehearsals and preparations for my new comedy drama, Crunch. It's uh, it's set in the HR department of a high-end toilet factory, and it's showing for the first time in just a couple of weeks at the Brighton Fringe. So things are a little bit busy at the moment. Uh, There's also a lot going on in the show. We've got a dead iguana, a fight scene, dancing, you name it. All the things you'd expect to find in a typical HR department. I've probably mentioned before that uh, when I was in the corporate world, I worked in HR. And you may well be thinking that all of that stuff sounds a little far-fetched. But you'd be surprised about the weird stuff that HR people encounter. In my time, I had uh, underwear sent to me in the post strange reasons for absence one of the funniest ones was someone who couldn't come to work because they'd sunburnt the soles of their feet how I kept a straight face in that uh, absence return to work interview I don't know Uh, and then I'll never forget in one place I worked we're talking like a huge well-known brand here I had to manage the fallout when the rental car company found photos of one of the senior managers who'd been sent to the UK from head office, completely naked, with a woman in high heels, walking across his back. I don't, don't ask. Uh, very strange. Anyway, if you are in or around Brighton, or visiting the UK in May, and you want to see some comedy and live theatre, then do come and see the show. I'll put a link to get tickets in the show notes, Or you can just head on to the Brighton Fringe website and search for Crunch. Okay, but today we're not talking about plays. We're talking about speaking and books. Now, if you listened to the last episode of the show, you will have heard me talking to Anne-Marie Winkle, who helps people write and publish their books. And you'll also know that one thing that Anne-Marie was very clear on was that once the book is written, whether you're with a publishing company or yourself publishing, the marketing and promotion of that book pretty much rests with you. Now, you also probably won't be surprised to hear that speaking is one of the most effective ways to promote a book, to build an audience and to make more sales. But you don't often get specific advice about what to put in the talk and how to adapt it for the multiple speaking mediums that you can use to get your message out there. At the moment, I'm working with multiple authors 
who are creating talks around their books and using speaking to get their message to the people who need to hear it. So I thought I'd share some tips to help you too if you have a book or you're thinking about writing a book uh, to help get your, your message out into the world too. And here's the biggest one, right? Straight off the bat, if you want your talk to sell your book, you need to invest time in creating it and practicing the delivery to make that happen. Probably not a surprise to you that I'm saying that. And the other thing to think about is that creating a talk for your book is like producing a trailer for a TV show or a film, but with knobs on. So you've got to take time to select the right moments from the book that highlight why people should go on and read it. And the excerpts you choose have got to show what the book is about, but also be engaging and connect them to something that matters for your audience. You also need to address anything that might come up for them that could get in the way of them taking the next step, even if they can see the value that your book offers. And although you need to invest time in creating the talk, the brilliant thing is that if you design it in the right way, you can leverage it over and over on different platforms. The same talk can generate hundreds and even thousands of new readers for you. Okay, so having established that if you have a book and you want it to sell, then you need to be able to talk about it in the right way. The next question is, what should be in that talk? Well, I've touched on it lightly. And as I said, your book is likely to cover a, a lot of ground. Obviously, when you only have between 20 and 60 minutes for a talk, you do need to be selective in which parts to share. And in my experience, the ingredients that you should include are some of the following. First of all, you need to share why you wrote the book. And doing that will enable you to um, position a number of things. Number one is that it enables you to set out the problem as you see it. And if the problem that your book solves is one that most people aren't aware of, and you know, you're presenting a new concept or idea that helps people in a way that they didn't realize they needed to be helped, then you've also got to create desire for that solution. Uh, an example is when Steve Jobs introduced the world to the iPad. No one knew they were missing an iPad in their lives. So he had to educate them on the problem and create desire for his solution. Now, if the problem is known, then your job is to show when you're sharing about why you wrote the book that there is a new way to look at this old problem. And then after you've shared that why in your talk, you need to cover the transformation that is possible from reading what's in the book. This can be based on your experience or someone else's or your customers. And this is essentially going to be the promise of the book. The next ingredient is practical tips. You've got to give some practical tips to show that what you're promising is actually doable, but without giving away everything that's in the book. And a great structure to use for this part of the talk is called problem, solution, problem. You give them a tip to solve one problem, but then that creates another gap, which can be filled by the content in the actual book. For instance, if I was doing a talk about my book, Cracking Speechmate, 
which shows you how to add humour to a talk and put a talk together, I might share the threes formula that lists the six ingredients every joke needs to have to prove that uh, being funny can be learnt. You know, people think that you have to be natural, but you don't. And then I'd share that the book shows how to apply this formula to speaking specifically. So that will give them more confidence that uh, in using humour because they'll know that there's a process, but it also creates a gap that the book fills. Okay, the next ingredient is critical and needs to be included in every talk if you want to get people to take action after hearing you speak. And this is whatever your talk is about, whether it's about a book or a service or product, whatever. And that is, you need to include content to tackle any obstacles that might come up for them. Uh, Or you've heard me talk about these as objections before. And these obstacles and objections can come up even if they have the problem and they can see the value of what's in the book. You've got to proactively overcome these negative beliefs that underpin these objections that stop them from saying yes. And these obstacles and objections might be about the thing you're talking about, their own ability to be able to get a result, or some external barrier like time or money or people's opinions. A good example here might be if Hal Elrod Uh, he of the Miracle Morning, was doing a talk about his Miracle Morning book. He might come across these sorts of things. First of all, people might think that getting up at that time of every day is not sustainable. So Hal would need to tell a story about one or more people who'd been doing it for years and the great results that they'd had. Some people might think it won't work for them because they don't believe they could ever get up early in the morning. They're not a morning person. So Hal would need to share a story about someone who felt the same way and how uh, through the book they managed to switch to becoming a morning person and again the fantastic results they got as a consequence of doing that. Lastly, someone might believe that they won't be able to fit a morning routine in around their family responsibilities. Again, what Hal could do is dismantle this belief by showing how it works for parents with younger families and the results that they got. So those are the ingredients to put in your talk. The story behind why you wrote the book, including the problem you need them to understand and relate to. Stories to show the transformation that's possible for them through implementing what's in the book. Practical and actionable tips to prove that what you're promising is doable. And stories to dismantle the negative beliefs about your thing or beliefs about themselves or any external factors that might get in the way of people in your audience saying yes. And the last point to make on this is that the order of these different parts of your talk isn't fixed. So for one talk, it might work better to tackle the objections before the tips or have the tips before the objections or have the tips weaved into the objections. You know, it depends on what your talk is, what it's about, who your audience is and so on but those ingredients need to be in there. Okay, next I want to talk to you about ideas for creating your book promotion campaign. And this is a good point uh, in time for us to return to the movies. Promoting a book and promoting a movie are very similar. So looking at what the Hollywood studios do is a great place to start. Before a big movie launch, you'll see the leading actors in the press, on the radio, on TV, 
talking about themselves and the movie. And for authors today, there's never been an easier time to have access to very similar platforms. Because the equivalent of radio is podcasting. The equivalent of press is blogs. And the equivalent of TV can be found in video on Facebook groups, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube channels, not to mention lives as well. But what is important to do is to find the right groups, podcasts and people to approach and to make that approach in the right way. And the factors for you to consider in this research are where are the people who are likely to want to read my book actually hanging out? On this platform where they're hanging out, who are the people with a good sized following that would be interested in the book and in talking to me? And then what can I do to offer value to this person before pitching them on talking to me? And there's something to consider here uh, around networking. And that is you need to dig your well before you're thirsty. So if you're in the process of writing a book, now is the time to start making the right connections so that when you're getting ready to launch your campaign, you have a network who already knows, likes and trusts you and is willing to help out. However, if you need to get out there now, then there is a right and a wrong way to approach people. As I've mentioned before, I get maybe two or three emails a day from people and agencies pitching guests to come on the speaking club. But most of them are terrible. And I'm going to share some golden rules here for you to make your pitch. Firstly, don't approach people who you are competing with for the same customers. Find people who offer services or products to the same audience you're targeting, but where what you do is complementary, not in competition. Don't make it a generic pitch. Tailor it to the person and show you've made a bit of effort to understand what they do. Also, show that you've thought about how you can help them and their audience specifically. And think about ways you can make your pitch stand out from the crowd. Now, I go much deeper into all of these and give you some more practical tips on how to stand out and get people to say yes to interviewing you in episode 131. Are you missing out on this incredible opportunity to build your brand? So if you want to find out more about that, uh, pop and have a listen to that after this episode. Right, to finish up, I want to give you some tips on adapting your talk for different platforms. So let's start by talking about how you can take the same talk and make it flex to different lengths. This is so that you can use it both in networking events where you're likely to have just 15 or 20 minutes right through to hour long keynotes. Well, for a shorter talk, you can look to reduce the number of teaching points you give and objections you tackle and focus on the one or two that you feel are the biggest barriers to people saying yes. If you're really pushed for time, then look to see where you can trim your why's and transformation stories without compromising the key details your audience needs to know and understand to have the aha about what's possible for them. If you want to use your talk as a video on a sales page for your book, then I would use the why story, 
transformation and the objection elements. And I'd show the list of what they'll learn on the page underneath. For interviews, all you need to do is use the different parts in answer to the questions. So for instance, you'll often hear me asking people how they ended up doing what they're doing today. And your why for, for the reason you wrote the book will fit in really nicely here. Um, you might also off, uh, hear me asking for three top tips. And that's where the practical teaching tips would fit in. And then when someone asks you what could get in the way of someone solving the problem or getting results with whatever your book is about, then here you could bring in the stories that you use to tackle the obstacles. So for example, if I was answering that question for speaking in my book, Cracking Speech Mate, I could say, do you know what? Um, people often won't use humor or stories or even take opportunities to speak because they don't feel ready. But the thing is, I need to ask, when will you feel ready? Because it's not a question of being ready. What's important is being committed to starting the journey. One of my clients was so petrified of public speaking that she would try to avoid even saying her name at a networking event. But she was committed to taking action on her dream of speaking and sharing her message with big audiences. Today, she's speaking regularly to hundreds of people. And that's how I'd use the objection in the talk to answer that question or you know, one of the things that uh, is getting in the way. And the beauty is this, right? Once you have your talk nailed, you'll have the best answers to these questions locked and loaded and ready to go, which means that you can also say yes to more opportunities too. Okay, so here are your takeaways. You are going to be the one responsible for marketing your book. Most authors invest a lot of time in creating their book. So it absolutely makes sense to make sure that the talk you put together to promote the book is considered and intentional so that you maximize your chances of getting the book into the hands of the people that need it. There are four key ingredients that you need to include in your talk to increase your chances of moving people through the different stages of the buying journey and getting them to take action. Modeling the Hollywood approach to promoting movies will also work for your book. And there are lots more channels open to authors today. You'll be able to leverage the talk you create in many different ways, which can give you a huge ROI on the initial investment you make in getting it right. Dig your well before you're thirsty in relation to building relationships with people who will be able to give you access to your target audience. And make sure you approach them in the right way. And episode 131 of The Speaking Club can help you do this correctly. I hope that you found this episode useful. And as usual, if you did, then, you know, could you let me know? And also spread the word about the show. And if you haven't yet left a rating or review, then a great way to do it that will take you just a couple of minutes is to head over to ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. And I'd really appreciate it if you, if you could do that. Well, that is it from me. 
Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to go and check out the great resources at saraharcher.co.uk to help you move forward on your speaking, storytelling and marketing journey. And until next time, don't forget to grasp the mantle, to seize the day. Or in other words, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book, Straight to the Top. It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is, and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free, plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.